Welcome to the Flail Podcast. This is Troy. Myers. And we are here with a late nights at Blockbuster. Uh, this is the 20th anniversary of Spider-Man, uh, starring Tobey Maguire, Kirsten Dunst, Willem Dafoe, and James Franco. Uh, Virus is uh, already laughing about how I'm old not, we are. I'm not ready for 20-year anniversaries of movies that I remember going to watch in college. College, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I distinctly remember like sitting outside uh century rio waiting for this movie to start uh and getting in trouble oh no i got in trouble with spider-man 2 didn't i i think i got in trouble with spider-man 2 going to see it early um but so uh this movie is directed by sam raimi who obviously went on to uh direct uh, spider-man 2 and 3 in this trilogy he uh, is famous for the cult classics Evil Dead 1 and 2, and essentially the spiritual successor to that, uh, Army of Darkness. Uh, he's uh, directing the upcoming Doc Strange 2. He uh, he was not slated to be the uh, director. It was like this kind of unknown horror director that decided that he was going to do this weird Ethan Hawke. If you if you see like this creepy creepy, uh, it's one of those A twenty four movies like the Annabelle and the haunted house stuff. And he's like, yeah, I just wanted to make a horror movie, and they didn't let me make the horror movie, so I just left. And they were like, cool, bringing Sam Raimi. He knows how to do this. So I hope that doesn't that doesn't uh, uh, spell a disaster for that movie. Um, and forgive my tangent for like two seconds. He directed for love of the game, which does not. Like, Am Raimi? Yeah, I was like, I really? loved that movie. I know that that's that makes me a weirdo. I love for love of the game, and I did not think in a million years that Sam Raimi directed it. We're, we're talking Kevin Costner baseball yes. movie. Yep, Kelly Sam Preston. Sam Raimi. Yes, right. Weird. Weird. I know. So. I had to just throw that in there because I don't think I'll ever get you to uh, let me uh, give the late nights at Blockbuster treatment to for love of the game. Yeah. Kevin Costner gets some grace on baseball movies for Field of Dreams. Like, he does. Like and he got so much stock yeah. there. Yeah. Yeah. Bull Durham's quality as well. So, you know. I will say, uh, if not for uh, not being able to do this later, since I've already started it, uh, the Vin Scully broadcast completely makes that movie if if he's not in it like it just falls flat so i'll just leave that there all right you came for spider-man you got for the love of the game i apologize let's keep on moving all right it's written by david kep who is uh got a lot of uh decent uh movies on his uh his imdb um the two biggest ones being jurassic park and mission impossible obviously this movie i mean he could probably just retire off of those three um, and the proceeds, whatever he gets uh, from those movies. Uh, and then the score is uh, done by Danny Elfman. He's uh, most uh, famous. I mean, if you listen to our podcasts uh, on uh, our favorite movie scores, he's a big Burton uh, uh, partner. He's done, he did Batman, he did uh, Corpse Bride, Nightmare Before Christmas, and tons of other ones, I'm sure. So uh, I just notice put, it. Like literally I, oh, in the middle of this movie, I'm like, man, this sounds very Batman. It was during yeah. the credits. And then bam, there's it's his funny. name. And I'm like, oh, that's why. <laughs> it's funny you mentioned that because I said, oh, this this uh, sounds like Men in Black. And that's the other <laughs> one that he did. So it's like he's like just Frankensteining all these pieces. Of, but it's very much its own thing. Like if you listen to that, you'd be like, oh, that's Spider-Man. 
yeah. and, and and maybe it has a little bit to do with the fact that I played both like Spider-Man one and two video games on PlayStation two, like over and over and over again. So the score is literally like coursing through my veins, but uh, uh, that's what uh, the, uh, the thing that I think of whenever I, I, I hear that score. So let's kick it off by uh, what we love about this movie. Um, Man, it was just amazing to see Spider-Man on the big screen for the first time, really. Like, nothing like this before with a Spider-Man character, for sure. Um, and a really good villain, for once. Like, we talk all the time in the MCU about villain problems. I love Willem Dafoe as Goblin, um, as a completely deranged sociopath. Um, it, it works for him. So, uh, it's great. I mean, it's not without its flaws, Um in a lot of ways, the character himself has been improved improved upon in some future movies, like some different casting. Like you get, I liked Tobey Maguire, and then we saw Andrew Garfield, and I kind of liked him more. And now we have Tom Holland, and I like him even more. But it was still a really great origin story. It held up a lot better than I remembered, too. Like I don't watch this trilogy or even the Amazing Spider-Mans all that much mm-hmm. um, since we have newer Spider-Man that my right. nine-year-old adores. That's usually where we go. Yeah. Um, so I don't get to this one that often. And so it held up a lot better than I remembered. I did not have as many things that I was like, oh, this movie looks so old. It's so bad. No, no, it was still really enjoyable. So I, I love that it, I feel like this is the the seminal moment of kicking off the comic book craze, the comic Absolutely. book movie craze. I mean, you you can go through the history and a lot of people will be like, oh, it was Batman. No, Batman came and went. I mean, 89, I mean, he he did his whole uh, trilogy. No, the the, the four, uh, Batman and right, Robin. Right, there's only three. Right. Um, it's kind of like Indiana Jones, right? <laughs> <laughs> there's a so, debate. Yeah. So, I mean, 89, Batman starts, and 97, Batman and Robin finishes, right? We've got another five years before uh, Spider-Man comes. And people could probably uh, look at look at dates and be like, oh, well, it was really X-Men. But it was completely different. I loved X-Men, but it was not this. And I was going to bring this up later if I can find it in my notes because I actually wrote it down. Um, so X-Men brings in 296 million box office. Mm-hmm. Solid box office. Solid. Not bad. Yeah. Um, this Spider-Man movie, 825 million. Like it's not even close. It is so much bigger right. than X-Men was. So yeah. yeah. One of the things that I read was it, it still holds the record for um, weekend opening weekend um, box office adjusted for inflation so like any like even titanic and all of those other movies this is the highest grossing one um and the highest grossing opening day so the 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 friday that it opens and the weekend that it opens it it was the the biggest box office so i mean it's just a huge huge movie and then of course they knew that they had struck gold so they ultimately like we'll get into that at the end but they ended in a way that's like yep he's coming back you know it's like this gravy train is never going to stop (laughs) so uh that was my first thing i feel like this was the thing that kicked off the comic book craze um the score as we talked about is awesome i love jk simmons as J. Jonah Jameson. I don't think that there's ever been a more accurate 
um, depiction of a comic book character like brought to life by an actor. I know that that that's probably ridiculous, but like he literally embodies like everything about the character, whether you watch like the cartoon, because I feel like he watched a lot of the cartoon getting ready for it because he's literally the exact same dude as like the the 90s Spider-Man, but also like it's very much the comic book character as well. So uh, I, I I feel the same way that you do. I think we'll get into it a little bit later about Toby. So, so, so I'll glad you brought up, brought up yeah. J.K. Simmons, though, because I didn't know where to put yeah. that in exactly. He, right. I was like, he didn't show up anywhere, so I just so kind of like perfect. dropped him. He, I dropped him in here. Yeah. The fact that he's still in it to this day. <laughs> <laughs> right they brought just him back. shows that they brought him back um for they 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 took they didn't bring him into the amazing spider-man yeah. which uh i mean they I just mean, don't have that character it's yeah. not that they you know you couldn't recast him like right. nobody else could measure up that'd just be terrible yeah i i found some uh uh, I'm not going to bring those up because I forgot to write them down. But the 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 list of people that they were thinking of doing uh, or thinking of casting uh, with was just laughable. I was like, "That's awful! That's awful! Nope, that's awful!" So, okay. Uh, what's your favorite scene? I've got about I've got I cut it to ten. Made it down to six. Nice. I was I was nice and succinct for this one. Um, and partially, I go a, a little ways before I really had like a full scene that I like. I now that I'm looking at it, I could probably easily cut. Like, I think I love the the norm meeting Norman Osborn only because uh, I love that little. I'm something of a scientist myself. <laughs> like, I just wanted to throw that in there. That that actually would not get into. I mean, it's a good background, and you get a good depth of like his disappointment with harry his disappointment with like how things are going and like what drives him but it's it's not that great that it, it should be in there as a favorite scene so even though i just talked about it thank you good thank you good i like that line i had it in my drax award but now we yeah. already said it so i don't have to keep no it. we can say it um uh, but the first scene i wrote down i made it all the way to the lunchroom yeah uh -huh. uh, to the fight with flash um I love how they shoot it, like the, the slow-mo, like with the fly, like batting yeah. its wings and stuff. It was just, there, there's parts in this that I'm sure we'll get to that you go back to 2002 and you watch some of the CGI in this movie and you're like, oof, that's a rough spot. That's, it shows yeah. its age in some yeah. spots, mm -hmm. but the slow-mo stuff in some of these fights didn't, it doesn't jump out at you as like, oh, right. this is old. And it just looks cool the way it's kind of showing you what his spider sense is like and stuff where he can see it coming and um it's just it was a fun introduction to hey look i have powers i can do stuff and like he's surprised at it too and so but in a in a very comical way where it's all accidental and he you know drags the lunch tray out of the room and stuff i love off. i don't know why i love the dragging the lunch tray out of the room so much because whenever the door closes behind him and he hits it like one two and then three times like and it slaps up against it flat like i don't know why that just cracks me up every single time yep I had that one as well and and they really use it as a payoff because then they can just use the the little like tingle sound like in the in the background every time like it's like oh hey by the way 
this is just recalling what it it looked like and then they just don't have to use that every single time um so i mean i'm thinking of a little bit later whenever they do the times square like world unity festival he just kind of has that little it's almost like chuck with the flash where he makes like the tingle face <laughs> so uh and then they just like oh okay we know yeah so uh, and then uh, I, the next one that I had uh, was realizing he has like the full suite of powers, like obviously like in that scene, but like like it's kind of the the Rocky montage. Uh, it's uh, he goes out there and he's kind of hopping from roof to roof to roof. And then he does the uh, the up, up and away way of the Shazam, the go, 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 go. <laughs> like it's... Uh, I wanted to put that into like Drax Award, but it doesn't like quite fit. So that's what no. I'm going to go with here. Um, so well, this plus one's part the... of it, the best part of that is the unspoken part where he just rocks his, does the rock. Yes. Afterwards. <laughs> I don't know how to quote that. So. Right. Or, or the fly, like the way he like turns his hand. Fly. <laughs> uh, what was the next one you had? Well, I had that one as well. Um, okay. Because it's, it's so much fun. Uh, the next one after that I have is the wrestling scene because um, yep. I am a good 80s and 90s kid. So I love me some Randy Macho Man Savage, okay, yep. who is just playing himself 100%. I think this is how this dude is talking to himself in the mirror after he takes a shower. He's just this crazy all the time. Well, I I just didn't even understand why they didn't just call him Macho Man, right? And because he's got like all of his ladies there with him too. Yeah, everything. Like, well, like, they didn't want to pay Vince McMahon to use his WWE. Very true. Probably why they don't. Use That's it. probably but, why. Um, yeah. So I, I, it's just a fun scene. You know, the bone saw is ready. Bone saw is ready. <laughs> so over the top. Um, I love. Uh, and we'll get to her because it's Olivia Spencer that is like signing them up. And she's got a great line about, are you, you know, we do not accept liability. Like you accept liability for the injuries you may and probably will sustain. Like it's just right. a funny little, <laughs> it's just ridiculous. Um, the whole thing about like the human spider, that's a terrible name. And like, he gives him the name Spider-Man and he's like complaining about it. Like, that's not my name. You got my right? name wrong. <laughs> um, so it's just, it's fun watching him in the cage with with macho man yeah um i had that one as well so i'll move on to my next one the times square world unity festival um this is where um him and goblin uh, really face off for the for the first time and it's a very important part for the like the plot it's where all of the plot threads like come together in like a perfect in a perfect way it's it's all the stakes raised into like this nice little like mini climax in the middle of the movie. And then it kind of ramps up again uh, at the end. So it, I felt like that one was just too big to pass up as the, as a really good scene, you know, that one too. Plus, plus you got Macy Gray singing through the back was, of it half the time, it. which is fun. <laughs> fun. She'll show up later in, um, has this aged well? Oh, <laughs> uh, I had one before that too. I really like oh, the, yeah. it's kind of a montage of him catching bad guys and them doing interviews about him. Like where mm. they're just jumping around. Mm -hmm. The interviews are hilarious. Like the, you know, some of them are just funny cause they love him. And then there's like the guy who's like, he stinks and I don't like him. Like no explanation, no nothing. He's just so over the top. 
Um, and then it ends up with the dude playing the, his guitar in the, the I subway. I love that part. Yeah. <laughs> that we should all just give him one big hug. Big hug. Yeah. Um, I really like that. Plus, it's a good montage. You know, got some music yeah. montage going there. It's good times. The next one I had um, is the fight in the rain. Oh, they're trying. They, they were trying to fight M, or they were trying to steal MJ's bag or whatever, right? Yeah. Yeah, and then of course the upside down kiss. So you get like the the best of both worlds. You get like the the action set piece, and then like the like the personal romance kind of thing. So I felt like that was a good a good two for there. So I've got Thanksgiving at Harry's because it seems like a kind of an unnecessary scene, but I feel like it's the way that Raimi builds it is in a completely different way because there's not just a ton of money to throw at all these things, which is funny because we just talked about all of these other uh, action set pieces that are in here, but they're a little bit more practical, right? Like the wrestling match, like whatever, like that doesn't have CGI. You don't have to do a whole lot with it. You just do some stunts. Like I get it, but the, the world unity festival was pretty like, that's got a lot of like CGI in it. Um, and so at this point, the, the ramifications of all of those things need to kind of come to a head. And it does with this scene at Harry's like Harry's relationship with MJ and her and and not being good enough for his dad and then his dad figuring out that that peter is uh, spider-man who then of course he knows that he can get to him by aunt may and then later we find out that harry tells norman that the the thing that's most special to him is mj so he goes after that so all of those things kind of come to a head and it has like a really cool palpable like suspense to it like especially like he goes into his room and he's up under the balcony and he's like sitting there and then of course the little blood droplet scene that biggest drop of blood, blood in the history of cinema <laughs> it's huge right and so so like it's it's cool the way that he uses that in a different, less traditional way than like Marvel, like make some big movies. I'll give him that. But some of the other stuff, it's just, it's like you said, it's a movie you don't go back to as much because it helped bring this huge billion dollar industry. It's just not the same as all the films that it inspired, you know, so. Uh, I had the bridge scene with MJ and then the final battle split up into two because I saw them as just a little bit too different. You know, the final battle is probably a little bit too short, um, but that bridge scene seems to go on for a while because, uh, of course, they had to put the uh, New Yorker stuff in there after being so close to 9-11, yeah. you know, and I mean, it made it made a ton of sense. So and then I had the Os Osborne's funeral at the very end because i mean it does put a bow on that particular story and you think like oh he's gonna fall in love with mj and everything's gonna be right and no he just he sees Peter exactly the friend zone right there and just just throws <laughs> mj in there yeah. but it but it goes contrary to a lot of things that the movie's building towards but it also shows like peter's grown up a lot I think that that's, that sense of time is really lost in this movie because they go from they go from high school to like they're like working class like right after high school and I mean Harry's kind of going to college but it seems like everybody else is just kind of like yeah 
we're doing things, you know, and we're, I think the part, the hard part is all of them are actually adults. So it's got that Beverly Hills 90210 vibe to it that we always talk about. I know uh, it's like my least favorite thing, but it happens a, a lot. I feel like movies now are, are getting better about it. You know, they're not casting yeah. 30 year olds as 16 year olds. They're casting 20 year olds as 16 year olds. So really so, we're I mean, closer. We're closer. Right. We're getting and there. Tobey Maguire has the weird ability to look young and old at the same time. Like, right. he, I mean, he's got like kind of the baby face, like mm-hmm. he perpetually doesn't age. He still looks the same for the most part. Yeah. But he also like always looks like he's like a worried 40 year old man. So True. I don't know how he pulls that off. And Franco does to a certain degree. So it's like, I think because we know how old they are now, we just kind of put them into the, and like, why are you playing high schoolers here? Because <laughs> they look exactly the same. But I mean, obviously, Toby was looking a little worse for wear in the No Way Home, but up to up to this point. Uh, uh, so I, I did like the um, kind of some of the speeches and some of the dialogue that was at Osborne's funeral, but... Uh, I kind of threw it in there, but if I'm being honest with myself, it probably doesn't rate with a lot of these other ones. Favorite. I think realizing he has powers. <laughs> it's between that one and the wrestling scene for me. Like yeah. I, the Macho Man stuff is really fun, but when he right. does the, the up, up, and away web, go web, go stuff, like I, I stop whatever I'm doing if this movie's right. on for that scene every time. This is this is what I'm, I'm. It's going to be a backhanded compliment because when Toby is um, funny, he nails being Spider-Man, but he also has the chops to be like the dramatic. I mean, because I mean, Spider-Man is dramatic. Uh, I mean, he's just drama all the time, like being late and being fired from jobs, like getting in trouble with MJ. And like he's he's always like creating problems for himself in some way by. Yeah, so much angst. And so, but at the same time, he just quips through it all, right? And so I felt like that was like the most fun and the most accurate, like as Spider-Man uh, would be. But I mean, he has a couple of different ones too. They, they throw him a couple of quips, but it's almost like it's forced. It's almost like they're like, ooh, the fanboys are going to come after us because we're not quippy enough. So I don't know. That's that's all I got. It swung so. really hard on the quippy with the next Spider-Man, and then we swung back to the middle a little better. All right, uh, let's move on to Drax Award. Uh, our favorite quotes. I didn't have like a ton here. There's hard. I can't think of anything in this. Even going through them, like there's nothing we like quipped at each other. There was nothing that became quotable. Like within yeah. our friend group, I don't think anything. Yeah. No, I mean there's the there's the quintessential ones that we've like we've hit on a couple the ones that you remember aren't very like uh funny i mean obviously uncle ben remember with great power comes great responsibility that's the one that everybody remembers right so okay what else did you have um i actually kind of really like the opening little monologue thing um Mm, mm -hmm. we're just talking about like who am i you're sure you want to know uh the story of my life's not for the faint of heart if somebody told you it's a happy little tale if somebody told you i was just your average ordinary guy not a care in the world somebody lied like just that part like i really like that somebody lied yeah just slams it down there uh when harry's talking to uh or when peter's talking to harry he's telling him about the electron 
telescope or whatever, and then he tells him about like the the spiders uh, camouflaging themselves as a defense mechanism, and Harry goes, "What would make you think that I would want to know that?" And then Peter goes, "Who wouldn't?" <laughs> Face is so great in that one too. Yeah. Um, when him and Flash are about to fight, and he goes, "I don't want to fight you, Flash. I wouldn't want to fight me neither." That one, that was definitely the next one that I had. Uh, and then uh, when uh, Norman and the other scientist, Scientist A, I can't remember even what his name is, the guy from The Prestige, Hotel Manager Scientist. There we go. Uh, we just we just wanted an ode to this guy that I forgot his name already on Recognize My Face, um, where he just uh, screams at him, back to formula like as he like comes to uh, when when the guy thinks that norman's dead after doing the uh the human testing so peter when he's wrestling in there with macho man he goes that's a cute outfit did your husband give it to you <laughs> we already did this one but i love it so much where uh he goes are you ready and he grabs the microphone from bruce campbell he goes bonsai is ready <laughs> I don't know why I love that so much. I do too. It's so good. Um, Jameson, and this one makes me laugh more for something else than for this movie, which you will also laugh at. But he's he's going off about Spider-Man. He doesn't want to be famous. I'll make him infamous. And anytime someone uses the word infamous, yep. we're good. You think of three amigos. Yeah. yeah. And so then I laugh. It doesn't yep. matter if they're using it properly, correctly. <laughs> it's still funny. Uh, going back to Uncle Ben's uh, talk with him, uh, right before he says the great power becomes great responsibility, he said, Peter, these are the years when a man changes into the man he's going to become for the rest of his life. Just be careful who you change into. I really love that one. That's a good piece of sage advice. Uncle Ben was a wise, like a miniature Buddha. Oh, um, Peter talking with MJ, trying to be cool and you know, flirt with the girl he's been in love with forever. Let's get some lunch some evening. <laughs> Did you catch that? <laughs> whenever she, he sees her outside of the diner and they get to talking. Oh, my goodness. The last one I have uh, when uh, Harry comes in and he goes, you look like you just got second place at a science fair. <laughs> I had that one too. Nice, uh, nice uh, concern, uh, but knowing, knowing your friend really well, you know. Jameson, I think it's when Peter's asking for a job. A job? No. I'll, I'll give you some meat. Send you a big box of Christmas meat. <laughs> I love Harry's. You only get his side of the phone conversation with MJ, where he's like, yes. incredible. What do you mean incredible? And then he goes off on this whole stupid tangent. I, I want to buy you something because it'll make you feel better. And then, like, right at the very end, what do you mean incredible again? (laughs) (laughs) I also love Jameson. uh, Peter's telling him, he's talking about how bad Spider-Man is. And Peter goes, you can't say that. That's not true. That's slander. He goes, it is not slander spoken in print. It's libel. Like, he knows exactly what it (laughs) is. I know exactly what the difference is, yeah. (laughs) Um, And right after that's when Goblin shows up and Peter... um, shoots Jameson in the mouth of the web and goes, Hey kiddo, let mom and dad talk for a minute. Will you? It's good stuff. Yeah. That's see, that's the type of thing that I was talking about where it's like, they give him enough that like, it's just enough, but just enough. Yeah. All right. What's your favorite? 
I don't know. I do really like that. You got second place with the science red line that was on there. Um, yeah. I want to say, I don't, I don't want to fight you flash. I wouldn't want to fight me neither, but, but we can't give the, the best, the best line to flash. Like that'll No, be bad. I mean the best line is the unspoken line where he just does the rock fist trying to make the web, Yes. but Uh, so can we say like uh Shazam Shazam, up, up and away web fly up, up and away like, web. right? Yeah, I Fly. think it's that Okay. that little sequence. We didn't do that one. So, okay. All right, uh, let's go on to recognize my face. I've got uh, four people here. This is this has been some good uh, recognize my face. This was a tough one on a few for me that. Does this count as recognize my face, or is this before they were stars? There was I a separated few of these. I separated them. Actually, you know what? I there I was put. one that I wanted to put in before they were stars, and I because there were too many before where there there were stars already. I put them back up into recognize So my face. I have two in each. I made it Okay. to two in each. Okay. So, and I can't say one of those names. Uh, Joe, whatever the heck his last name is. Manganit Manganiello. See, I can't say it either. That guy, Flash. Because Yeah. um, that one was tough. I'm like, I mean, he's kind of well-known. But I don't know if I'd say before they were stars. Like, I wouldn't go star level. I mean... Yeah, he was in True Blood for a really long time. So if somebody's like a big True Blood fan or Then a One Tree Hill fan, then like they would probably know who. I, But I I mean, watched all of One Tree Hill and completely and you don't forgot remember? he was even in it. Wow. Until Okay. I looked at him like, oh, yeah, I thought he that does he show had like up in 10 that. to 12 episodes. So Yeah. I figured it was like enough like to Um, that show's way too long. So it just, they all clap together. kind of blows into. Okay. Um, I mean, I remember most from How I Met Your Mother. He plays Yes, I had that one on there as Jason well. Segel's law school buddy, Brad. Um, He also uh, was set to play Deathstroke in the the new Injustice League like kind of formation He gets credit in the Zack Snyder in the snap version yep one mm that -hmm. he actually shows up or something. Not that you can tell it's him. But. yep he's a big proponent of nerd culture we're a big uh supporter of Joe Manganiello on this podcast he's a big old D and D nerd and all kinds of stuff so yeah So I had him here because I didn't I didn't think he quite made it That's to before exactly they were where stars. I put And him. I, I had two Yeah. way better ones and before they were stars. So I was like, Yep. I'll leave him here. Um Yeah. and I put Bruce Campbell here. Yep. Um, who shows up in all three of these Spider Man movies, and I love it. Yeah, because In he's, different spots. yeah, because he's the character Ash from uh, Evil Dead One and Two and Army of Darkness, um, uh, Sam Raimi's uh, previous movies. So he just had to get him in there somehow. Absolutely. Uh, It's kind of a blink and you miss it cameo, uh, but there's this punk rock girl is what it like the the credits say, um, and it's like the it's kind of the interviews man on the street stuff like The guy with six arms sounds yeah hot. that's kind That's of sounds it. hot that's Lucy Lawless What? yeah Wow. <laughs> Didn't even notice that. right it was just so so quick but um, and then my my pick for recognize my face. is a guy named Jesse Hyman. Uh, he's from Chuck. Yeah, he's from Chuck, Big Bang Theory, How I Met Your Mother, 17 Again, The O.C. He is the like pale face, curly haired dude with the glasses that has like rosacea. Like, 
and he's his name's Fernando and Chuck, but he's literally in the background of like every movie and TV show that I've ever watched. And he is like quintessential, like recognize my face. Like if you go look, it's like 104 like credits. Um, but and it's all like things that like it's just my personal everything I've watched kind of thing. So I don't know. That's that's Talking just you through the TV. Right. That's right. So so he would be my uh, I had Campbell as well. And and uh, but Jesse Hyman would be the 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 one for me. Yeah. Because the other people are just a little too famous, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, I didn't even have to look up Bruce Campbell's name. Right. Yeah. Like, oh, it's Bruce Campbell. Forgot he's in all these. Yeah. All right. Let's move it on to who beef. Um, we'll try not to, to slaughter it too bad because it's a 20 year old movie. But does it hold up? Not all of it. Yeah. I, uh, I really, so there's two scenes that I really don't like all that much in this movie. One of them was on your uh, love list. Um, that oh, I'll yeah. Get to. The first one though, I don't like creepy photographer, Peter. Yeah. It, it just like, he's taken like a thousand pictures of her and then it's still like, wait, wait, come back. Like, what are you, what yeah. are you doing? Um, it just, it was just creepy and weird. Um, yeah they tried to do like the girl next door thing but like him like staring through her like window like longingly was just like <laughs> it, it reminded me a lot of like the back to the future stuff with crispin glover like i mean that's that's way more overt but it was just like hey man like why don't you why don't you just cut it out yeah it's just still a little rough um yeah. and then i actually don't like the fight in the rain and the upside down kiss oh yeah i just for one, why the heck does he not put his mask on while he's fighting in the rain this whole time? I don't know. Like, it makes it this whole big dramatic moment because she can almost see who it is because he doesn't have his mask on. And he, like, has to keep his back turned while he's fighting and stuff. But there's yeah. no logical reason he didn't just slap that thing on. That was the start of the, we have to have the the actor be visible in in their costume phase like tony stark does it a million times it's like it pops his helmet off all the time star lord does it he just hits the button and his helmet goes off uh, like super fast so that they can kind of do those like hey you're you, you went five minutes without showing my face i don't like this <laughs> so yeah I, I i can understand that i just feel the upside like down kiss is I mean, it comes up in my iconic moments talking about this movie. Right. So I get it, but I'm always like, yeah. this yeah. scene. I'm always, I'm just kind of done with it usually. Yeah. Um, Macy Gray being the pop star, like the famous <laughs> pop star, doesn't, hasn't aged well. It's like, I, I guarantee you ask a bunch of kids, like, hey, who's Macy Gray? They'd be like, I have no clue. But if you said, hey, who's Britney Spears? Somebody that actually was like around at that time, they'd be like, oh, yeah, some old pop star, you know? So they would still, they would still qualify it. Uh, some of the CGI, as you mentioned, hasn't aged great. Um, I feel like, we unfairly uh, compare it to uh, Lord of the Rings, which is the gold standard at this age, but it was like a good notch below that, but still un so many notches above everything at that same time. I think if you went back and looked at what was coming out in 2002, X-Men used a lot of practical effects, if I remember correctly. Uh, it, it was a lot of just close-up stuff. Um, maybe sure. some of the Magneto stuff was a little bit, a little bit different, but for the most part. I hated the goblin suit at the time. 
and I really don't like it 20 years later. Like, they said that they had a bulkier one that uh, Willem Dafoe was like, no, I want to do all my stunts, and I cannot possibly do stunts in this thing, so they made it smaller. I'm like, I can't imagine anything being bulkier than that. So I don't get the mask on it either. Like, it has this huge mesh area where you can see his entire mouth while he's right. talking. You can see his, like, you can, you can see, like, half his face while he's wearing this mask. So. Yeah. Well, and I get it. it it's, it's funny with like, uh, I mean, this is spoilers for No Way Home if you haven't seen it. So I don't want to just kind of assume that everybody's seen every Spider-Man movie. So, but they do his, uh, his motif and his like, like what they probably should have done in this movie, like instantly better. He's got like, he he's not like got this like weird cartoony face with like green stuff on it and a big elf hat. Like he just has like a, a like a purple hood and like a purple jacket and he's got his glider. You know, they just like turned him into kind of like this quasi homeless man uh, that uh, is riding around like like giving Peter a hard time. You know, I mean, there there's a bunch of different ways that they could have done it. You don't have to stay so faithful to the comic book because it would have seemed really cheesy. But this this didn't seem like it was it. That ain't it, Chief. So MJ has some rough beats. There's like one little stretch where. She's flirting with Peter. It's right before the kiss, too. Like, she's, like, super flirting with Peter. Like, I know you like me, and I'm trying to pull it out of you. And then, like, five seconds later, she's mugging down with Spidey in the alley. And this is all while she's on her way to dinner with Harry, who she still keeps dating after that. And it's just kind of like, what what you doing, MJ? Like, I'm going to flirt. I like Peter. I'm going to mug down with Spider-Man. But I'm still going to let Harry pay the bills. Like, what? it just doesn't come off well. Yeah. Um, um, MJ has the greatest grip strength of any human being in the history of mankind, by the way. Correct. Like she's scared to climb down the cable, then falls off the cable and manages to catch herself on the edge of the, the cable car. No problems. Like she should go on American Ninja Warrior. I was right just going to say. <laughs> own those guys. Right. I, I've asked this question to myself multiple times watching this movie the scene where there's a baby he rescues the baby yeah why is there a baby upstairs by itself and the mom's outside like how does this scenario happen like it's like she's walking home and she's surprised the building's on fire do you just leave your kid at home in the crib while you like went to the store right what what is going on there's just so many that's that's one of my big um like beefs with the the movie it's overly long and overly complicated and I don't like the reason why he's there. They could have come up with some other reason and have like a cool fight in there because I do like the fight in there, but you're right. The reasoning why he goes up there, why not just say somebody's up there, like a person's up there. Yeah. Spider-Man would still go up there, but yeah, you're right. Like the baby, it's like, it reminds me of the, in Mr. Deeds when the lady's up there with her like 20 cats and he goes out there and starts throwing them out into the trampoline. I don't know why it always makes me, reminds me of that, but, uh, that part, you know, it's Mr. Deeds just supposed to be ridiculous. Right. So <laughs> shouldn't have good comparisons there. Right. Uh, the thing that I don't like is when I mean, I get it. It's showing, it's him showing, I know who you are and I'm going to like hit you where it hurts. But when he goes and blasts open Aunt May's house in that like whole, like finish the line and she goes from evil, like I, 
cannot stand that scene. It's so cheesy. It's so corny. And does he really need more motivation to go after uh, Goblin when we know that he's going to find out that MJ's out there too? You know, it's like, I, I don't know. It just, it, it, it puts the drama uh, like on a whole another level, you know? Well, know. This is all after he captures him, has him on the roof and doesn't just take off his mask and see who he is. Right. I'm like, what, why don't you just pull it off now and we can speed through this movie and already know stuff. I had forgotten about that until I watched it recently um, for this. I was just like, oh yeah, he, he does the little sleep thing and like, it, and it kind of goes back to what we were just talking about. Like, why do we then need to see him in the, the burning building? And then he needs to do, you know, like that type of stuff. It just can, it was, they were just like, Hey, we need to pad out this movie with like another 15 minutes of uh, runtime. Oh, yep. We got it. We got it for you. <laughs> uh, plot holes and quibbles. Did you have anything in there? It um, seems like we're kind of getting after everything yeah. at the same time. Here, how does yeah. he get his suit? Like he draws a picture of it. And then in the next scene, he just has it. <laughs> and I'm like, so if I just learn to draw pictures of things, they just come to me magically. Like, how does that? Right. And he could have had, like, it could have been perfect. Like, he could have just been like, what do you need the suit for? Oh, I'm a wrestler. I'm a luchador. Oh, okay, sure. Yeah. I'll make a suit for you. Instead of him going and getting, like, spray painting a spider onto a red shirt and, like, throwing a ski cap over his head. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, the I love the, we just finished, like, trials for uh animals and it didn't really go well in one of the test groups so we're just gonna we're gonna start human trials next week because we're about to lose this contract it's like that's i'm not a scientist but i i can't imagine that that's how human trials would work (laughs) like even if it even if it works i'm pretty sure you're still in trouble like right (laughs) this one there's there's a few spider-man movies that fall into this one these ones, the, the original Tobey Maguire ones do it more. It gets a little better as you go. But, like, there's scenes where he's just shooting webs into nowhere over his head. Like, the, the mechanics of him swinging on the webs is just bad sometimes. Where you're yeah. like, what did that web just attach to that made him go that direction, that way? Um, it was just, And I don't like, and they make fun of this in No Way Home. But like I very much enjoy the other ones yes. better, where where they they manufacture something to make webs. They don't just come out of his wrist like some kind of freak. Like it's just creepy. It's it really is weird. Super creepy. Yeah, I, I didn't think it. about it a lot at the time, but now that like we've had other movies where they didn't have to do it that way, yeah, much better. I remember at the time it was a big thing. <laughs> People are like, "Ew, no," <laughs> just. That's where you just stick to the comic books. I mean, books. Yeah. it made the the funny scenes in the lunchroom work because he right. doesn't know how to control it. Like he doesn't very know. Very true. Yeah, but it's very much a. It was very much a a coming of age puberty type story that Spider Man really is. I mean, to a certain extent, you know. Yeah. So, but it was is like okay, you're you're landing on a little too uh, too heavy here. Yeah. So. All right. Uh, Breakout performance. Kirsten Dunst had been kind of um, an up and comer for a while after interview with a vampire when she was like seven years old or something stupid like that. Uh, but and then Tobey Maguire was kind of a he was kind of indie darling. I guess I guess this really 
kind of solidified him as like a Hollywood leading man. And he kind of did a couple of different things afterwards. I remember Seabiscuit and maybe a couple of others, but he just kind of, he was one of those dudes that was just like, I'm not too particular for the limelight. And then just kind of faded into obscurity for a little while. So I think it's James Franco. Cause how You're many people movies? Yeah. I mean, when you people... just, when you look up James Franco, like the first line you read is like, broke out in freaks and geeks like right but i mean but, how, there was a reason that freaks and geeks only lasted a season it's because like it flopped you know i mean unfairly or fairly and like kind of the the cult status that it gained afterwards in dvd and everybody just kind of said hey here's this show that was just loaded with uh actors before uh they became famous i mean that's a little bit retroactive i guess but um I, yeah i'm gonna throw franco in there on mine Okay. Uh, before they were stars, who do you got? I have two. Um, Octavia Spencer, I kind of already mentioned her. Like she's the yep. wrestling sign-up person, and she goes on to all I kinds. Totally of stuff. forgotten that she was in here. Yeah. Um, because I, it's nothing. It's like, yep. and then uh, Elizabeth Banks plays Betty. Yep. Um, so that one was was kind of big. Yeah, Effie those Trinket were... in the flesh. So that's right iconic moment we already kind of mentioned it uh the upside down kiss i mean that's pretty yeah. as weird it is, as it is i don't like it but it, it is right. pretty it is pretty iconic they yeah. uh, they tried really hard to make another one where he lands on the flagpole and like the flags furling yes. behind him in the yep. wind mm-hmm. but it's like man y'all are trying hard right here this is it's yeah like, it just comes off cheesy yeah um, and that's that's the one to end end the movie right yeah yeah. All right. We're we're moving at a brisk pace through the rest of these so far. Uh what about the uh Jim Carrey Emperor Palpatine Unlimited Power Award? I mean, part of me wants to throw Macho Man Randy Savage in there as bone stock, because I mean he is. But he's just being who he is all the time, so I don't know if it really counts. Right. I've never seen him not be this guy. I mean, he's snapping it to a slim gym. That's all he's doing right here. Right. Um, so I got to go William Defoe. I have to go William Defoe, right? <laughs> oh man! <laughs> and it's just different, like phrases and different things. My favorite, uh, the way he like he goes, "Give me the prochloroparazine." I don't even know if that's a word. He doesn't even know if it's a word, but he just like rattles it off like it's like just normal things that people talk to each other. And then he drinks it, and then he just. chucks it on the ground like he's thor like shattering a mug after like drinking an ale and going bring me another you know (laughs) like before he does all this to himself he's already unhinged (laughs) before he turns himself into the goblin oh my gosh second or the 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 close runner-up is aunt may in the goblin scene that i just mentioned before yeah yeah like she's and and in my mind, like I don't think that's a an actress choice. That's that seems more like a directing choice. So I'm gonna I'm gonna give I her a little like bit made of her benefit do that of like the doubt. Fifteen times. Right. Like, no, I need more. I need more Aunt May. I need more. <laughs> no, the scene where William Defoe talks to himself in the mirror, though, is just yeah. It's very to think that like this and Gollum were around the same time right at the same time is, is a little scary for humanity right. that we were putting these things out there. Yeah, and the. Uh, that that called the golem stuff just blows it away and i mean yes. it's it's good i mean it's but it's not as good so 
All right, uh, technical cinematography nerd stuff. We talked about the CGI. Some of the chase shots are are still pretty cool. I, I like the one at the end, even though they're trying hard. Like it, it was kind of a like, oh my goodness. Like you could just tell they tacked it on like, hey, we're going to make a bunch of money and the studio really likes this. So we're just going to kind of tease what we're going to do in the next one and kind of threw some of that in there. But um, some of the, like the first one where he's crawling up the wall uh, on the bricks and stuff like that kind of look, look yeah. a little bit dated. Um, but a lot of the crawling ones that look yeah. really rough more than swinging around, which is funny. Cause you would think that that would be like the easiest practical effect that you can do. Like just turn, turn the, the camera, camera side. <laughs> we, we both just did that on video. Like, <laughs> like, like just turn the camera side. We, we do that accidentally with our Facebook stream for church services right. at least exactly. once every couple months, like on right. accident. So. All you have to do is start walking on the floor with your hands and you'll, <laughs> you'll, you'll be doing it. All right, uh, favorite song or score moment. Speaking of climbing up the brick wall, that that one probably has the best score moment, which is kind of a little bit sad. I don't know, like <laughs> the way it builds, though, as he like is figuring yeah. it out, like what, like the music really carries it. Yeah, uh, spiritual metaphors and illustrations. What do you got? I mean, Uncle Ben smacks you in the face with it, like this whole great with great power comes great responsibility stuff. Um, and it, it, it's really paralleled well with like, that's, that's how Ben thinks about all this power. And then mm -hmm. you get Goblin's speech about like, in spite of everything you've done for them, they'll hate you. And like, you see the other side of what that power does to you. And so like, what are we going to do with the gifts we have? Um, it's, it's ready made for a, a nice discussion on the parable of the tent of the, uh, the talents, you know, mm -hmm. like you've been given gifts, you have abilities, you're going to use them to serve other people and, use them or are you gonna you know just be selfish with it or hide it away so i knew you were gonna go parable of the of the talents so it was something that was like closely related um but luke uh 12 48 but the one who does not know and does things deserving punishment will be beaten with few blows from everyone who has been given much much will be demanded and from the one who has been entrusted with much much more will be asked so i mean it's it's the um i mean you can make a good parallel to we know the good that we should do as Christians. Are we that much worse by choosing not to do it and choosing to sin because of the things that we know we're, we're a new creation in Christ. Um, so it's, it's exactly that because we know that not only are we representing ourselves, but we're representing Christ to the world. So it's, it's kind of easy to, to draw that parallel as well with, with Spider-Man. Like he's a superpower, but everything that he does is under a microscope. Does he kill a guy? Does he rough him up too bad? Does he doesn't do something stupid? Does he treat somebody differently or, or wrongly in any way? It's going to be under a microscope because he should know the good that he does. I mean, it's a little bit different whenever you're kind of put that into the actual perspective of here's just a dude with superhero or superpowers, you know, but he has to, he has to figure out how to use them in the right way, you know, and through tragedy, uh, he, he kind of figures it out really early on, like, oh, I could stop this guy, but everything that happens after that is uh, a possibility, you know, and it hits him right home, like right away. So we we see it play out with the the wrestling promoter of course like he thinks that it's just like a, a get back at him and he knows that he should have done something 
And then, of course, it kind of spirals out of control into like Uncle Ben is dead by the time he gets to, him. you know, he didn't think that little like comeback about I missed the part where that's my problem was going to really like smack it right in the face that quick. Here's here's where it's your problem, Peter, you know, so uh, random thoughts and uh, useless trivia. I I have hardly anything in here. I have a few little things. Eliza Dushku auditioned for the part of MJ. I watched this movie on uh, on Amazon, so like it has all the notes. Anytime you move the mouse and all the oh, things yeah, pop yeah. up on the mm-hmm. side, that was one of the things that popped up one time where I'm like, huh, that could have been interesting. Eliza Dushku and uh, Kirsten Dunst in Bring It On. Yeah. Yeah. One of our favorites. Um, yeah. <laughs> I never understand, and they, they changed this some in Amazing Spider-Man and then completely throw it on its head uh, with the new Spider-Mans, but... How are Uncle Ben and Aunt May so freaking old? It's supposed to be his like his great aunt and uncle. I think like his, his great aunt and uncle. uncle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And who wants to say great uncle all the time? Like you just say, right. I get mm-hmm. that. But that part's yeah. always. I mean, they were that old in the comic books too. Like she looked the part from what I you don't... imagined before this. But it's always been weird. Like once I didn't think about it until we had a young Aunt May with Marissa Tomei, and it's like. Oh, wait, that actually makes sense that his aunt would be like that young. But I have no idea where else to put this. So I just put in random thoughts. Why does Peter exercise naked? Because he doesn't (laughs) actually. But like he's doing all that stuff in his room. And Aunt May comes knocking on the door. And he's like, I'm exercising, Aunt May. I'm not dressed. And I'm like, wait, how do those two things relate to each other? Like, why do you just say you weren't dressed? Um it just it just made me laugh. I'm exercising because that explains all the noise. But he's exercising right. naked in his room. That's creepy. One of the cool things that I saw was Hugh Jackman revealed that he was supposed to have a brief cameo as Wolverine in this movie, which would have just blown my mind Like at that point in time. Um, but he showed up in New York to film the scene, but the entire plan was scrapped when the crew couldn't get access to the Wolverine costume from X-Men. So Because those weren't the same studios it was fox and sony still and so but they were potentially going to say hey under the because marvel still like avr ed was the guy who was kind of the kevin feige of all of these even though they weren't all owned by the same studio like they still worked together to produce them so that would that could have been cool this one's a really big stretch, but this is just me being a nerd and trying to like play seven de- or six degrees of Kevin Bacon. Um, MJ works at the Moondance Diner, which is like uh, in New York, um, which is where Andrew Garfield's character from the movie Tick, Tick, Boom, which just came out this year on Netflix, he worked there and the, and the diner's no longer there. They had to like build it for like a set for... Uh, uh, for that movie, but I was just like, hey, that's a weird like coincidence of all these people kind of like instead of like having an actor be that it's like, hey, hey, I've seen that moon dance diner before, you know, so. All right. Whose movie is it? I said Marvel's. Ooh, because, you know, I, I just looked at Marvel movies that came out before this and like Blade what, has like some good cult following. Like there's some I people love that Blade. love. See, there you go. I love um, Blade. But it only made 131 million in the box yeah, office. Yeah, it was it was like, not. It, it was there. when comic book movies were still like a very niche, like yeah, uh, genre. And yeah. Spider Man's the movie that breaks them out of that, like we talked about. Like this, this is where comic book movies just became. 
pop culture like yeah entered into that stepped into that this paves the way for the ridiculousness that we have now where we're like i need my like three to four mcu movies a year just to keep them on a regular steady diet here folks we need to crank these out you mean you Um, didn't watch david hasselhoff's nick fury did you um, know that that existed i forgot that that existed i've never okay. seen that um i've also not watched dolph lundgren's, lundgren's punisher, punisher. yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> um, these these were us uh, scraping the bottom of the barrel going oh they did they made a punisher movie oh, I, wanna see it. I don't even want to know who's in that captain america movie that's from the 90s but uh, just, right. i've only ever seen the picture of him in the costume like the mm-hmm. cover of it and man yep. it looks like someone made this in their backyard yeah no thank you um but th- this is it. This is the one that finally goes, oh, like everyone likes comic book movies when we do them well. Yeah. And it opens the door that has now been kicked down and just trampled through by the MCU. Nah, that's a good call. I put Toby on there just kind of as a generic, like, yeah, like he was probably like he was a super duper star when this came out. And then when two came out. And then it faded a little bit with three. Um, but uh, but I think you're right that Marvel is probably in, in the comic book movie genre. I mean, DC like still probably kind of fed off because this probably this kick started the oh, we need to go back out there and get Batman rebooted because uh, because Spider-Man was so successful again. And they were just like, this is just too much of a cash cow. We have to just do it right. We have to go. We have to go back to formula. We need formula. to get somebody. We have to get somebody in here, and they made like the perfect. Uh, they made the perfect choice to to get Nolan in there. You know, yeah. I mean, say what you will about the third movie in that uh, in that trilogy, which uh, we will say what we, we, we think about that uh, in the coming months here. But uh, uh, that was the a direct response to this. Is like, ooh, we got to get back in there. Uh, it would have been interesting to see if DC had put into the plans a little bit earlier. They could have had the jump started on that, but they just decided to stick with just Batman, which is fine. Yeah. I'm sure Nolan was like, no, I don't want any of that Justice League stuff. I'm going to tell a Batman story. Even like, then, like you you could have had like the Nightwing spinoff with right. uh, mm-hmm. Joseph Gordon-Levitt's character. Like, yeah. You could have had Robin kind of step in there instead. And yep. It would have been a little different take, but yep. it could have opened opened the door into a much broader world yeah all right well let us know what you think about uh spider-man on our facebook page um the phileo podcast our instagram phileo podcast all one word all lowercase or uh shoot us an email at phileo podcast at gmail.com great job buyers good brownies brownies brownies